Lord God, I pray to you that you would use me to preach your gospel. That you would give me the power and the strength. That you would get glory. That the message would be clear for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Good morning. And good morning. I'd like for you to turn with me in your Bible uh, to the Revelation chapter number one, or at least to listen if you don't have your Bible handy. Uh, you're on your phone there. I was supposed to preach this message last night um, on the street in a place called Hoshonguve, but there's a university there. And the last time I was in South Africa in April, I looked at this particular spot. It, it just looked well. It has, it's a school, it's some shops, it's some housing. So I wanted uh, to go there to preach the gospel. I had some technical issues with, uh, with my amplified sound, so I'll have to try again next week. But I want to bring uh, this message unto you uh, because it's something that's on my heart, but even more so, it's it's for your sake. It's, it's, it's I believe, that it will be helpful um, unto you. I had two friends die uh, just two days ago, in the early 50s, in the mid 50s, and the one was a, and the one was a, the one was a bodybuilder. Uh, he was in excellent shape, and his heart gave out. I'm told at work, and sudden death, almost instant death. The uh, previous day was just as happy as anybody else, but as he lost his life. And then my other friend, he played uh, professional football uh, for nine years, six foot five, strong man, athletic, handsome. And the Lord came and uh, took him also in his early 50s. So we're shocked. And, and I, well, I'm, I'm hopeful I mean, I'm not shocked at death. I know that people die, but you just don't think it's going to happen. You don't think it's going to happen unto you. You look into the future. You see you got, you know, years. Even people in their 70s and 80s are still counting on even more years. But uh, the end is near. The end is near. And that is the title of this message and I want to read with you from the, from the Revelations in uh, chapter 1. I want to read in verse number 1 through 3. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent 
and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near, the end is near. And the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back and he's going to destroy this world. And just like my friends met with a sudden end and a sudden death, uh, the Lord Jesus is going to come back to destroy this world and he's going to take his saints with him. He's going to take his angels. He's going to take his saints. He's going to judge this world. He's going to bring his saints in to be with him in paradise forever. And that's where you and I must be. Um, that's what this life is over is all about, is we must overcome sin. We must get the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can live the Christian life to bring glory unto God. So that when he comes back to judge us and he opens up those graves and he resurrects the dead and he makes us stand before him to give an account. You and I have to be in Christ. That's the meaning of life. What's the meaning of life? To be in Christ and give glory to Christ and live for the honor of Christ. So that when he comes back, you and I may be with him forever. That's something that's coming. And the book of Second Thessalonians 1, it helps us. It helps us uh, to understand our responsibilities and how to do it. As he says in verse number 10, Second Thessalonians 1.10, when he comes, our Lord Jesus Christ, in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. So when he comes back, all the saints are going to be rejoicing. There's no sadness in that day. There's no sadness um, at the judgment of a believer. All of his sins have been washed away. And I know that there is a doctrine that's held even by the children of God that once we get into heaven, that we're going to have to mourn over our mistake. No, there, there won't be any mourning. I, 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 there won't be any tears in heaven. There won't be any sorrow at the judgment. Because the wages of sin is not sorrow. The wages of sin, oh my friend, is death. If we were to cry as... Some old writer says, if I wept for an eternity, if I was sorry forever, it could never put away sin. It could never undo the things I've done. The only thing that can put away sin, the only remedy is the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. His testimony, um, um, his testimony, he comes to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. In this earth, you believed him. 
So when he comes back, you're going to admire him and love him, and he's going to receive you and I and bring us into glory. And, and that's the point that we're making here is that I need to fight and you need to fight to get that grace that will make us to live holy. I don't want my eternity on the line with some sloppy, half-hearted gospel that I did not believe under good works. It says in verse 11 and 12 from 2 Thessalonians 1, Therefore, we also pray always for you, it's a prayer, that our God would count you worthy of his calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. There's a power that comes into our work of faith. That this faith, it produces love. There are two things which are essential to a believing child of God. One, I must have faith in the true gospel. And the other, I must have love. It must work by love. Uh, Mr. Charles Spurgeon said, every drop, in my, every drop of my blood is ready to be spilled for our Lord Jesus who died for me, spilled his blood for me. And, and that's a believer. Uh, we don't all have the same strength. We don't all have the same ability. We don't all have the same maturity. And we don't all have the same fruitfulness. But all of us have, have a, a compassion for people, a passion for our Lord Jesus Christ. We live for his glory because our work of faith, it's it's with power. Um, um, it's, it's, it's faith that works by love. It's not just a faith that talks. It's a faith that produces something, a lifestyle. But, but, but it, it's, it's a faith. It's a looking up unto God for him, trusting him to produce this holiness in our life. And, and that's what this thing's about. Because the temptations of sin are strenuous and guilt it can be strenuous and shame and um, just the backbiting of men, all the barriers unto the gospel is we need the work of faith with power. That the name, verse 12, of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And he's talking about your character. He's talking about our conduct. It isn't only our mouth. And you and him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's talk about this grace for just a minute. This grace, it will make us holy. This grace will overcome our sin. This grace, it will forgive and cleanse. And, and, and as a believer, you and I find out over and over that we are sinners uh, more than we want to admit more than we thought, more than we knew. Uh, my eyes are open, I'm sure yours too, unto the ungodly things that we do. Uh, it's because we do not care about the love of God and the love of our neighbor, our fellow man, as we ought to. And it's, it is grievous. It is a pain uh, to be born. Uh, and if, if you have been tempted, 
and you're overcoming uh, temptation, there's still more temptation to come. And the temptation unto pride, because you've overcome temptation, is very subtle, which leads to a fall. And, and, and God does not have to do a lot to show us our sin. He doesn't have to, uh, un, un to make us fall into fornication or some big ditch to expose our sin to a whole bunch of people. Um, it can be thoughts. It can be words. It can be deeds. It can be actions that seem very small on the outside. But on the inside, you and I know where that's coming from. And it's from a heart that's in rebellion against God. And it's a shameful, painful, hateful thing that's inside of us. But God gives grace unto the sinner. I'm talking about the sinner in his lowest point. I'm talking about the sinner that is the most depraved. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no doubt about this. So I can be weak. I can be helpless. I can be lonely. I can be without love. And I can call on the name of the Lord to heal me because my sins are grievous. I can look to him in the problems. I can say, Lord, I thought I overcame this sin years ago, but here it is again at my table. I don't want to fall into it. I don't want to commit that anymore. Um, um, go to God. Hold out for your sin to be cleansed, that you might meet before the throne of God in joy and in peace because that's what he will give us for Christ's sake. He'll overcome our sin. He'll give us the grace. He'll forgive us. He'll be faithful. He says that when you go out to war against your enemies, don't be afraid. The Lord God is with you who delivered you out of the land of Egypt. He, he, he paid for our he paid for our sinfulness on the cross. And if we put our trust in him, he will give us deliverance from the power of sin so that we may meet with him in glory, so that we may be ready when he comes. The only thing that matters in my friend's life is were they ready to meet God? The only thing that matters in our life in the first place is are we ready to meet God? And if so, it's a lifestyle that shows the evidence of grace in the heart and in the life by the power of God. Let's go back, please, into the book of the Revelations. And let's look at, at uh, chapter number one and uh, point number two is from verse number four through seven, it's to him be glory. All glory, it belongs unto the Son of God and God through him. It does not belong unto us because he did all of the work. It says in the Revelations 1, verse number four through seven, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was 
and who is to come, that's God our Father, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, that seems to be the spirit of the Holy God, the Holy Spirit, and from Jesus Christ. So there we have the three persons of the Trinity. And from Jesus, as you see, God could not call something his own, his spirit, unless it's equal with him. It's not just an emanation. It's a part of him. And, <clears throat> and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn, the highest ranking from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. That's who our Lord Jesus Christ is right now. To him who loved us. There is a, there is, there is a song like this uh, that we like to sing in uh, Port Harcourt, uh, Nigeria with uh, Pastor Ani Ekbo. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's what he did. And has made us a kingdom of priests unto his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All glory, all glory in the gospel belongs to Jesus Christ. It's the glory of him choosing us. It's when the Father, it's when the Father gave us unto Christ in all eternity past. The Son of God, he took us into his bosom because he loved us. And, and, and the Father, he predestined us unto salvation, but that required the redemption through his blood. And I want you to understand this, that, that, that everything <laughs> in salvation depended upon the blood of God. Everything. There was not one thing that depended upon us, his sheep, because we have no ability and we have no power to meet the righteous standard of God. But the blood he shed came down and solved our problem with sin. He redeemed us. He washed us from our sins with his own blood. He cleansed us. He made us clean in the sight of God the Father. He makes us have access unto God. Think about this. Think about this. There is no peace in your mind, O oh believer. There is no peace in your mind until you set it on Christ Jesus. And what I'm and what I'm training you to do, and what I'm learning to do myself, and what God is training you and I to do is to learn to keep our minds fixed upon Christ all the time. He will keep his mind in perfect peace, who is stayed on him, on Christ. Always deal with God through the blood of his son. Always throughout the day, be able to go up unto God through prayer in the blood, in the precious blood of Christ as your access. Not your performance, not your feelings, not your expectations, not your anxieties. I can bring my anxieties unto God throughout the day because of Christ. I can commune with God. I can stay with God. I can walk with God. I can have peace. I can have power over sin. I can have joy and I can have nothing. I can have none of those things except my mind be focused on Christ. He's everything and to him be glory. 
to him be glory. He did it all. But let me say this in connection with that. No glory is for us. And this is a hard thing to learn. The Apostle Paul, he teaches us to flee from youthful lust. And one of the greatest vanities, the greatest lust of youth is self-importance. <sighs> I'm somebody. I was reading um, just a quote this morning by um, uh, Brother uh, Jerry Hodges. Uh, uh, it's the name slips me now. But he was talking about our identity in Christ is our true identity. And, and so as I clicked like, but then I began to think about that. Is that my identity? Is, 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 is that my ambition? Is it to bring glory unto God because I'm a son of God? I'm a child of God that obtained mercy. It's the Lord God. He tells This man Baruch, this message, and he sends it through Jeremiah. It's in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 45, verse 5. And, 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 and do you seek, do you seek great things for yourself? You seek to make a name. You seek to be somebody. You seek to live for your own glory. Do not seek them. Are you seeking a life of ease? Don't do that. Don't seek comfort in this world. Seek God. Seek God's will and seek God's glory no matter what God would have you do. It's okay to ask God, make me comfortable. Make me rich. Make me able to have money so, so that I can spend on my friends and I can share the gospel. That prayer's been offered up a thousand times. Times a thousand, times a thousand, times a thousand, times a thousand, times a thousand. But as to what are you living for? As to when you preach, old preacher, are you preaching to make a name? Are you preaching to be a big shot? Are you preaching to have, you know, people click like? Are you, are you preaching to have people call you and say, oh, that's a great job? Are you, are you so devilish as to be preaching for money? All of us have selfish ambition and pride inside of our bones. And all of us need to get this thing broken. It needs to be beaten out of us. As I heard a young man preach a couple of times, and I keep saying, his heart's not broken. The information's in his head. But if it was in his heart, he preached totally different. He'd preach from the low seat instead of the high seat. He'd preach from brokenness and from helplessness and from nothingness. He wouldn't preach from a place of self-strength. And I know <laughs> because I did it too. One of the greatest hindrances, if not the greatest hindrance in my ministry has been pride and self-seeking. Do you seek great things for yourself? You seek to save yourself. You seek to spare yourself. You seek to make a name for yourself. Do not seek them. 
You don't get married because you want to have the prettiest husband, the prettiest wife that everybody might admire you. You marry unto the glory of God that you may give him glory and thankfulness in this relationship. Do not seek them. For behold, here's why me and you are not to seek great things for ourselves. We're not to seek the glory and we're to live and give the glory unto Christ. I will bring adversity on all flesh. I'm going to kill everybody, says the Lord. But I will give your life to you as a prize. You've escaped by the mercies of God in all places, wherever you go. Wherever I send you, as whatever I call for you unto do, whatever I command you, and whatever danger that you must go through, and whatever sacrifice that you and I must make unto the glory of God himself. That's enough. It's enough he saved my everlasting soul. And, and you and I need to get it out of our mind that this life is about us. Oh, no, 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 it's not. This life is about him. And the more that we live for him, his glory, the more his Holy Spirit shows us Christ and the joy that's in the gospel. Uh, Brother Steve Lawson says it's an upside down kingdom. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you lose your life, Christ says, you'll gain it. <laughs> but you keep your life, you hold on to it. This is mine, Lord. Are oh, you going to lose it? Or you live for yourself and you're going to be unhappy. If you're in the kingdom, you're going to be unhappy. It's going to catch up to you. It's not the comfort of God. It's a lesser comfort. But you live for him. You live for his glory. As you live for the ambition of his name being known. And other people, other sinners being saved and other saints being built up. You live like John the Baptist to point people to Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. You make that your life by the grace of God. You'll have the happiest life you can have in this world because the spirit will comfort you more than Satan and God is better than the devil in our flesh. And I beg with you, give the glory to God. You'll have an easier life. Just live for him and you'll be in harmony with God and you'll be going in the same direction as God and you won't be fighting against God. But if you live to serve yourself, Oh, preacher, if you and I preach for our own glory, we're missing life. We're missing life. And we're missing out on the usefulness that me and you, oh, we could have had. Self-seeking, self-glory, self-praise is the curse of the preacher and the Christian. All glory belongs unto Christ. He did the work. He's the reason that, that we're saved. He's our hope. He's our joy. And he's our peace. Point number three is in the Revelations 1. It's in verse number seven. 
Even so, amen. He's coming back to judge the world. Oh, but amen. Scripture says, is behold, he's coming with clouds and every eye will see him and even they who pierced him and all the tribes that are of the earth they're going to mourn because of him even so amen it's a hard thing to think about your friends in hell. Your family members. <laughs> and this world as it burns under a lake of fire. It's a hard thing to think about this wrath of God. Ah, but even so, Lord, amen. Even though you're coming back, you're going to judge this world. It's the man of God. It's the people of God. We say amen. Whatever God does in his world, is we say amen. And whatever he wants to do, He's the judge of all the earth. And he'll do right. If he wants, if he wants to give us cancer, if he wants to kill us, if he wants to take us, if he wants to keep us, if he wants us here or there, if he wants us to have treasure, or he wants us, us to have poverty. There are people say that God doesn't want us poor. Well, then as to where, then as to why is there poverty? He cursed the earth in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. Even so, Lord God, amen. He cursed our flesh with a curse. We have to fight against it up until we die. Even so, Lord God, amen. If my mother, if my father, if my sister, if my brother is not in heaven. Even so, Lord God, amen. As a friend of ours, one of the saints, uh, Joni Erickson Tata, I talk about her often. She's a quadriplegic. She's had to spend, is it over 50 years now, unable to scratch her nose. Even so, Lord God, amen. He put her in this condition. Just like he did, Job. Just to be a help unto us. And anything that the Lord God does unto us or unto this world, even so, Lord God, 
It's amen. If our ministries prosper, if he causes us to only preach unto five people, even so, Lord God, amen. And the Lord Jesus was going to destroy Sodom. And in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, Abraham is uh, crying out in prayer. These are souls. These are human souls. They're going to live forever or they're going to die forever in hell. And God's coming back to destroy the majority of this world with a lake of fire. And even so, Lord God, amen. And Abraham said this in the book of Genesis 18, verse number 25, and here is where we cast our anchor. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as 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 the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. Oh, yes, he shall. Whatever he does, oh, yes, he shall. And when he comes back, oh, I want you to be in Christ. Because when he comes back, it'll be right. And if he only saves only one person, it's right. And if he had destroyed the world and saved absolutely nobody, that's what he did with the angels who sinned. It's right. And because he loved us and he washed us from our sins, that's what makes us to, out of an honest and out of a sincere heart, <laughs> what a precious thing. There are saints in such circumstances, I think about you now as you suffer. But we take sides with God. If he put me out of the ministry, if he let me fall, if he took my life, if he took my health, I believe it's so in my heart. I believe this is the grace that God's given us. That when an unbeliever dies, it, 
is we look up and we say, even so, amen. When our children die, even so, amen. And when we don't get what we want in this life, oh, even so, amen. That's, that's the grace of God. That's a powerful life. That's the kind of heart I want. That's what I want for, for, for you. It's to bow down unto his majesty and, and, to, and to give him glory. And to argue with men and say, no, 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 no. He's right in everything he does. Point number four is my last point. It's the revelations in chapter one, verse number eight. The almighty. I am the alpha. This is our Lord Jesus talking and the omega the beginning and the end, that's what Alpha and Omega means, the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, who is, who was. That means I died, and I'm alive again, and I'm the Almighty. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the Almighty. He's got all power in his hands. He rules this world, absolutely, and he's coming back to judge the earth. It says of him in chapter 1 of Revelations, verse 18, I am he who lives and was dead. Oh, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of Hades and death. Oh, he's got all power. He's got power over heaven and hell. He's got power to unlock souls from the cage of death. And here's what I'm telling us, me and you, old child of God, be confident and take heart. Satan does not rule this world. He does not rule anything when it comes unto God. He's an under rower. He's a subservient servant. He is doing the will of God by the permission of God, the permissive will of God is allowing him to wreak havoc, but Satan is under the control of God Almighty. Go out and preach the gospel. Oh, I went to preach last night, wasn't able, um, equipment failure. But I stood at that spot and I know that, and I had a chance to speak with a man that is there and he's over there 
I mean, he has a little small place. He's held food. And so he'll be there next week and he confesses Christ and I'll be preaching and I'll interact with him. But I know that God owns that spot. That spot, it belongs unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of hell has no power to withstand him, to stop him. He can save anybody he pleases whenever he pleases. So you and I ought to walk in confidence. We shouldn't be out here thinking, ah, oh, this America's gone down. Who cares? God's on the throne in the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, homosexual. Who cares? The Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, not homosexuality, not the evil, not the wickedness of men. Nobody rules this world but Christ. So go preach his gospel and give him glory and live for him because the end is almost here and submit unto his rule. Ah, because our king is a good king and our God is a gracious God. And if we would but submit ourselves unto his authority, if we would but yield, if we would but say, I'm a, I'm a helpless sinner. I can't help you. I can't serve you. I can't do anything good. Oh, but use your power to save my soul. Use your power to help me for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. He will. Oh, of the Lord God bless you. The end, it's near. The end is near. That's right, Brother Nana. Even if we, is is. Is we make our requests known, but even so, Lord God, amen. 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 How the Lord bless you. Amen.